Hey everyone, this is Marissa Phillips from Y'all Heard, and um, hey everybody, rate us on iTunes, five stars is a charm, and why not leave us a voicemail, 570-POD-WOD-1, doesn't matter what you say in your voicemail, we promise we'll appreciate it, we don't get many, thank you. Another episode, another disclaimer at the top. This episode contains talk about people having sex with animals. And if that is unsavory to you, feel free to skip this one. Thanks for listening, or tune in next week. Y'all heard? Hey, everybody. Hey everybody. This is Y'all Heard. Y'all Heard. A podcast where we first of Villa. And me, Pete Phillips, bring you this show where two friends who learn a lot of stuff come together and share some of that stuff with you. From cryptids to cultures, from games to trends, from places to people. We're still not related. And in other words, we tell you things you didn't know, you needed to know. See, she waits until I do something stupid, and then she goes, yeah, we're not related. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Marissa, we got a voicemail. You want to hear it? Yes. All right, here we go. Hello, I wanted to let you guys know that I stumbled across your podcast. I was a podcast virgin, had never listened to anything like this ever before. think it's hilarious and informative. Don't I don't like Nirvana either, so I just want to tell you guys, just listen to the local Twitter one. Unbelievable. I never listened to podcasts before this one. You guys are funny. You guys are informative. It's kitschy. It's interesting, and I definitely pass the word to everyone I know. And I love the comment on nitrates. That little spiel, that was a good one, too. Go and keep it up. I'm going to pass the word and share it with all my friends. My name is Erin. I look forward to hearing your next one next week. Oh, thank you, Erin. That was so nice. Yeah. I love that voicemail. Marissa, you have anything fun to talk about up top? Since we did the voicemail, me a voicemail, ooh, a voicemail, a little meal for your ears. Since we did the voicemail, should we just? I said it again. You did. <laughs> Since we did a voicemail, do I skip to the to the icebreakers? I want to skip to my loo. <laughs> You're a that's the bathroom. <laughs> Okay. On that note, my icebreaker. It's some realness. It's probably not. Um, but it's a serious question. When you die. Oh, please. What do you want? What are. It doesn't need to be one, because that's a lot of pressure. What are the main things you would like people to remember you for? Or how would you like to be. Rem- like, what are the main traits you would like people to remember? Or, or accomplishments. It can either be traits, accomplishments, just points about you. Um, I don't really know. I think uh, I was talking to a friend back home, and they were like, so, like, do you have any girlfriend or anything? And I was like, no, I'm trying to leave the least impact on the world <laughs> as possible. <laughs> and I don't, and they were like, Oh, but I was like, no, no, I don't mean that in a bad way. <laughs> what? How is it not a bad way? I would like to be remembered for not really 
causing harm to people. <laughs> and maybe I'm not aiming high enough, but that seems to be the going thing in my life. <laughs> oh my god. So sometimes lie. Sometimes. You know what? <laughs> I'm gonna learn that someday. Yeah. I would like to be remembered for hosting a ten year podcast. What? With <laughs> What? <laughs> Make sure we both agree on that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, I like you know, I do some some dumb stuff between sandwiches and sports cards and a podcast <laughs> that like they bring little blips of joy into people's lives. Yeah, that's, that's the best I feel like I can hope for at this point. You know what? God forbid, uh, some person accidentally falls for me. And uh, a, a a child is born into the world. <laughs> Pete is using his hands like Simba, <laughs> like a weirdo. Hopefully, I am. It, it, I don't want to say imprint based on our last episode, <laughs> but like something onto that kid so that the kid does some good stuff for the world. So to recap, he wants to be remembered <laughs> don't recap. for. Don't recap. He wants to be remembered for his joy blips and yep. possibly either. Positively or maybe even negatively impact your child, so long as the child is good. Actually, if I influence if I influence the child negatively, I want to be forgotten for that. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I just be like, man, I have so much emotional baggage. I just can't remember why. <laughs> All right. Um, hey, Marissa, what okay. do you want to be remembered or forgotten for? <laughs> All I care about is that people think I'm creative and funny. I don't care about anything else. All right. I don't need to be nice. In fact, I think I told Pete, if I mistake, I die unexpectedly. No one is allowed to say that I was a kind person or that I was a nice girl or that I was kind to everyone because I'm not. <laughs> no one is allowed to say anything cliche. I like making people laugh. I don't mean like I need to be a comedian. I just mean I like making people laugh around me and I like to do creative things and I hope some people actually appreciate the things I do. Appreciate my art. Yeah. And by art, I mean, like, talking on a podcast and, like, making jokes. Mm-hmm. I don't mean, like, painting. So, yeah. That's all. I just care that people think I was ridiculous. That sounds like a really weird thing, but I like it. And that people thought I was authentic. All right. I have old friend. I have an old friend. <laughs> I have old friend. From college, lived with him for a year. Greg, Marissa met him. Marissa knows him. I like him. Talked to him for the first time in a long time, a while ago. And uh, he goes, so uh, is there anybody new on the list that I should blame at your funeral? Yeah, yeah. Because many years ago, I told him to, um, like, if I have my, if I have, if I die and I have a funeral, I was like, what I need you to do is to go up to my ex-girlfriend, shake her hand, and just quietly say, it's your fault. <laughs> oh, yeah, that hasn't changed, right? Because that was what I was told to do also. Right, right, right. I want to sort yeah. of, like, you know, spread some people out a little bit. Um, At this point, I don't resent any of the exes enough. You know, just tell whoever you want that. <laughs> I don't think my ex would go to my funeral, but if he ever did, just look it in a lot. I will take your rigamortis arm and beat him in the face with it. Thank you. And be thank like, this you. is what she wanted to do in life. Yes, thank you. <laughs> oh, okay. Marissa, Speaking I have of rigamortis arms. 
I have a question for you. Uh-huh. It's not an official icebreaker, and maybe this is what we should have done before the icebreaker, but, you know, we've heard a lot about how you don't like horses and how you seem a little uncomfortable with how much I like ducks. In terms of animals, what do you like? Doggies. Do- okay. I was I I thought it was gonna take you a little while, and no, I was gonna I say dogs count. <laughs> Doggies are so cute. Yeah, I hate when people send me like cat videos and like and not like like a certain kind of doggy, like not too big, not too small, like a mid-sized doggy. Okay. Also, I realized what a weird New York doggy over <laughs> New and York. Over how New York the center of the word doggy is. <laughs> but yeah, I love doggies so much. All right, that's it. Horses are fucking, they're like, horses are like naked muscle men. They're like fucking lewd, like lewd, like oiled up, tan, muscled men on all fours. (laughs) (laughs) That's what a horse is to me. I'm sorry. I feel like that was too much. This has nothing to do with horses. (laughs) I feel like horses look too muscular. And I just think of the fact that a lot of people have said horses, so like just their nakedness makes me think of that. Their lewd their lewd muscles Marissa, make me think of that. You could edit that out if it's too much. We're in like we're in the seventies for episodes, okay? And this is the first time we're gonna have to stop you and go, You gotta check yourself when you say a lot of people fing horses. <laughs> like <laughs> a lot <laughs> Multiple times in my Enough life. Enough that they made a documentary about it. I'll give you that. <laughs> Was the documentary... Okay. Hmm. I already started. I can't stop. You can take this out. I know that there was this like, group... I don't remember what the documentary was about. Was that about the guy who died? Yes. Also, like, that brought attention to that club of like rich guys that like once a year would go to this place and let horses... <laughs> I think yeah, they're around the same thing. That's enough to say a lot. It didn't. It didn't. <laughs> it didn't dive in as much on the other side of it. I think I might have read a whole story about that. Yes, you. De- uh, they definitely have written about it. If there's more than fifteen people, <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it is. I so, didn't think a lot of people are f-ing dolphins because I only read one story of one woman who masturbated a dolphin. For science, yes. but then fell in love with it. I'm sure other people masturbated off for science, but this that was, was covered like... this season on Drunk History. <laughs> oh, ooh. yeah. Who was in that one? Mm, I can't quite recall, but I I have to admit something, guys. I have an obsession with things I can't understand. Because okay, let me just I need to just purge this because I feel like some people think I'm into weird shit. I consider myself very open minded, but of course there are things I don't understand. But when there's something I don't understand. I literally do everything in my power to put my mind in the mindset so I can understand. Like, I try to visualize myself in that and try to, like, have, like, a little ounce of understanding. But when there are things that no matter what, I cannot put my mind there, I have to read about them obsessively. So there was a time around that documentary where I had to be like, what is going through the minds of people that have sex with animals? I wasn't, like, watching videos. I wasn't, like, <laughs> watching pornos. But I was reading articles, like, about people talking about this thing. Because I had to be like, where are they mentally? But when I tell people that, they think I'm a deviant. <laughs> okay. 
So for those of you who read the title of this episode, you're going to be like, why is she still talking about this? <laughs> you can take that out. <laughs> okay. Hey, Marissa. Um, second question. I'm sorry. Have... Did, I, did I make you so uncomfortable by saying I no. read a bunch of do- documentaries about I just didn't expect you to eat up so much of the episode. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. Mercy, do you happen to recall what the Audubon Society is about? Either that street where you could drive in any, any no. eat in Germany. That's Audubon with an H. Or something about trees or birds. Yes. Okay. Simply on their site, it says Audubon protects birds and the places they need today and tomorrow. Marissa, I am very excited to tell you about a piece that was published on their website on March 13th. You being you, the show being this show. Don't, be- please don't tell me about bird punks. Yes. It made it to me before <laughs> this, and I was so annoyed. In case you didn't hear Marissa clearly, it is with great joy that I present to you the subculture, bird punk. This is a piece of trash propaganda that is on par with sea punks, in my opinion. Go ahead. Did you read the piece? I read parts of it, and I was like, this is some twat. You can be a punk <laughs> that likes birds. It's not a subculture in its own. I'm glad that you say this, because... Um, I'm not so- a cereal punk, because I'm a punk in my mind, and I eat cereal. <laughs> so, I discovered this because of a retweet. Uh, Katie Natopoulos, who's a delightful commenter on internet culture for BuzzFeed. Um, and I am not here to do the obvious thing, which is make fun of bird punk because it's called bird punk and that's kind of goofy on its own. I don't really need to make fun of bird punk. You don't. It makes fun of bird itself. Punk. Bird punk marries two cultural trends, punk and birding. And I think a lot of us are like, what? Bird is a verb? Also, what made me want to die is that article... First of all, like, the way it summarized punk in itself annoyed me, because it was just, like, it just seemed like a really cliche, like, dictionary thing. But also, like, they kept referring to punks. I think they said punk rockers, punkers. I think they said punkers <laughs> in the article. It was like my mom was telling me about punks. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm not a child. I don't care so much about how punk is portrayed. It's just, like, a nostalgic thing for me. But it made it sound like, it made it sound like it was taking punk very serious. Just, yes. I was so annoyed. We got this sort of snapshot from Marissa about punk a little bit. Wikipedia tells us that bird watching or birding is a form of wildlife observation in which the observation of birds is a recreational activity or citizen science. It can be done with the naked eye through a visual enhancement device like binoculars or telescopes by listening to bird sounds or by watching public webcams. Which, come on, that sounds like the best. <laughs> I just want to have a bird webcam on my third monitor at work all I day. only want it if they jokingly, like, frame it like it's a sexy cam. <laughs> like a cam girl. But it's just regular birds like being birds. boudoir, birdwar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, for the insider, bird punk has been around for years. And you are not... Like, you're, like, not cool because you don't know about it, right? But for the outsider, like, even Marissa, <laughs> the bird punks are nerds because they're called bird punks. <laughs> but also for the outsider... Exist. I refuse to accept yes, their existence. For the outsider, this is a new thing, okay? 
Uh, if you Google I'm the outsider, it's a new thing. Like two people said it two days ago. <laughs> if you Google bird punk, you will not find much that match. Uh, much that matches. Um, you will. This find... is as meaningful as when I said mummy punk existed. Did one photo shoot, told people it existed, and that's about as good as bird punk is. <laughs> You'll find a band, I think, that's called bird punk. You'll find like some Twitter handles that are people who took this name bird punk, but aren't like associated with this as a like a subculture or anything like that. Um, so the Audubon Society really cracked this story wide open uh, with a, what I felt was, interestingly written piece by Stephen Newman. I'm not going to hold the writer responsible, uh, but obviously Marissa has some problems with his word choice. I and do. Very again, strong opinions. He's an Audubon Society, like maybe he's a freelance guy, but if he's writing this piece for the Audubon Society, trying to keep in mind his audience, he focused a little bit less. He, he took that surface meaning of punk. I guess um, so. But just no one should ever say punkers. I don't even think that's a word. Also, why do you know what's on the Audubon Society? The thing is, I explained this was a retweet that somebody wrote, and I was looking for a topic, and I was like, bird punk, that's it. So this article by default, has become the preeminent source on all things bird punk, and it profiles a couple of people who come from Marissa's backyard. <laughs> the founder of Bird Philly, Tony Corisdale, and fellow This is bird not punk, my city! This is not my backyard! And fellow bird punk, Caleb Hunt. Let me first go to what Marissa was going to. I feel like I have a lot of problems with cultural identities, Okay. I, for one, have always struggled with the fact that I don't feel like I belong to a cultural identity. Like, I've never really felt like I fit in much anywhere in life. But so, Pete is actually one of the most punk rock people I know unintentionally. So, to me, it becomes Let's a little bit... Let's let that of, be known. <laughs> it becomes a little bit of a problem, right? Like, I bake stuff in my kitchen. Does that mean I'm a baker? No, because I don't get paid to bake goods. But I enjoy baking, so does that make me a baking enthusiast? You know what I mean? He um, screamed, you pigs to cops. Does that make him an anarchist? <laughs> no. He just likes saying, you pigs. And me personally, sort of related to what you Marissa You can take that mentioned. out if it's going to offend our cop audience. <laughs> Similar to what Marissa's saying, even if I was a paid baker and somebody said, hey, what do you do for a living? I don't know if I would say I'm a baker because I always have a problem with associating labels with myself. If Tell I me, am, Pete have master's degrees in writing. He doesn't call himself a writer. If I am a one, so to speak, then I'm not a zero. So if I say I am a baker, then I feel like I can't be another thing. This cultural, this cultural identity thing seems like a binary system. So now if I'm a baker who likes punk, does that make me bake punk? <laughs> See, I am gothic and I am punk in my heart. Right. I'm not goth punk. The thing is, I learned much later in life that you can be many things. But for most of my life, I thought you're either a jock or you're not a jock. You're a nerd or you're not a nerd. You're a writer or you're not a writer. You're a cosplayer or you're not a cosplayer, that sort of thing. And since I have always had varying interests, I've never felt like I subscribe to an entire group. But now we have tons of nerdy jocks who cosplay all the time and cramp Marissa's Comic-Con. <laughs> yep, yep. But it's very annoying. This becomes a problem when the culture's Sometimes conflict. you want that pure, you want that polarized thing, you want pure <laughs> yeah. nerds. Sometimes you don't want hot cosplayers. Different cultures can conflict with one another. For example, can you be a true artist and be part of the social elite? 
will having wealth distance you from the art that you're seeking to create? Ooh. You know, that sort of thing. And now Ooh. you don't belong to two cultures, but you act like you do. If you're a rough-and-tumble street basketball player, can you marry that with, say, drug culture successfully and be a drug baller? <laughs> no. This? What? Is that a... What? No, it's not here. a thing. I'm trying to marry just stupid things together, like <laughs> bird punk. No. I would just say, first of all, I can never be a bird punk. I still identify as a punk. I know that's silly. Uh, but I think pigeons are disgusting. I think they're rats. I think seagulls are disgusting, and I if a bird they're even, sea rats. <laughs> if birds fucking touched me, I would be so grossed out because I feel like they're full of like mites or some shit. Even ducks. I don't want it to touch me. I'll look at it. I'll be like, ooh, nice. I'll support you. All I like are doggies. <laughs> okay, but just in case, before we get off of it, no, you couldn't be a drug baller because if you were a drug baller, you couldn't play basketball as well because you're on drugs. Just you think it out there. basketball players aren't on drugs? Not the like types of drugs that I was thinking when I so came up with that idea. Sure. Cocaine so would be great. Next, let's consider... For punk. a basketball player. I'm not saying I think cocaine <laughs> is great. Just going to isolate that for the episode. <laughs> Next, consider punk, okay? Different people have different definitions of what punk means. Like if you self-identify as a punk, you probably have a much more complicated definition of what punk means than just being like, I used to listen to Green Day when I was in high school. A lot of people would be like, that doesn't necessarily make you a punk. But there's a lot of people who would be like, no, no, that totally makes me a punk because I never bothered to dip into the culture enough to really understand what was going on. <laughs> yeah. So the track of Corisdale begins with bird watching with his father as a kid. Later in his life, he discovers punk, a culture that he subscribes to because of several characteristics like the DIY spirit, individualism, authenticity, upheaval in messaging and politics, all these kinds of things that you might associate. So he took his love for punk and started a vegan thrashcore band called R.A.M.B.O. in 1999. I like which, everything. I just hate when veganism is for some reason always in something punk. Continue. Which again, yeah, this ends up making us laugh at cultural labels. Yeah. And I think that's the silliest part of this whole entire thing because it seems like this is a dualistic mind, right? Like I have to associate all these labels in order yeah. to get to what I'm trying to get to. And when I have all these labels, now I'm unique and I'm special because I'm not a vegan band. I'm not a thrashcore band. I'm a vegan thrashcore band. See, why this annoys me is when I was young, I felt like I wanted to fit in with punks. So I dressed a certain way to make sure that people could immediately identify me with punk. And I almost felt like there was a certain kind of personality that was attributed with punk people. And, like, that was the kind of personality I got along with the best. When I got older, I realized that some people have way cooler personalities than quote-unquote punk people. They just don't feel the need to, like, show that they have wacky actions on the outside or show that they're really creative. Like, they just don't care about how they dress. And I always, like, affiliated, like, punk dressing with, like, creativity and, like, being, like, spontaneous. And I realized that that was wrong. So... I just feel like when you're an adult and you're still, like, using those terms, it's, like, I feel like and it's, like, putting yourself backwards and, like, like taking away everything you learned in as, a, as an adult to, like, not judge a book by its cover. Does that make sense? I feel like I said that in a weird time. It does. Time. Okay. And that's where I was sort of, like, I wonder if these people call themselves bird punk or if just the writer was, like... Here's a, a unique and new and interesting thing I can write about for the Audubon Society. 
Yeah. And maybe he put it in front of those people and they were like, I mean, okay, that's fine. And then they yeah. just kind of published it. So I wondered how much there was, or like how I much complicity there I was. I really hope it was that way. Because if you take a look at them, they're just people in clothes looking at birds and they have yeah. tattoos. I mean, there is a thing as a punk style, but like, like wh- what is the difference between a bird punk and a regular bird watcher besides that one of them looks in punk? Like, I don't know. I just, I so one of the people, perhaps you could help with this because I tried to find this online, but I couldn't. One of the people identified herself as a, quote, committed punk. What does that mean? All I would take from that is that she really takes punk seriously. I don't know. Self-identifies. Okay, yeah. Yeah, like, she's an aging punk, and, like, that's how she chooses to keep identifying us. Yeah. Okay. It was just in quotes, and I was like, oh, that looks like a term. And then when I Googled it... Yeah, no, I don't think that's really a term. I guess that's... Neither is bird punk. I would assume (laughs) she means that she maintains a certain set of ideals, though. Right. Yeah. Like... DIY ethics, open-mindedness, um, individ- like independence, like the, being free from conformity, that kind of stuff. So it should be no surprise with all those precepts that Marissa just mentioned that the philosophies of punk and uh, birdwatching cross over a little bit. <laughs> it yeah. seems like there's very little to be shared, except there's something to it. Tight communities of regulars who trust each other and know one another. They engage in behavior that's outside the norm, and they may seem outcast from society for being a little weird. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. the punk ideals lead to environmentalism, uh, which would reveal how corporations threaten sustainability of Earth. Or, quote, when Corisdale was 12, he realized that the government and, in general, society couldn't be trusted to steward the planet and its resources. And so, if you take a look at that and you're like, the man punk and you see that the man is sort of ruining all the cultures that a bird can live on or you know like yeah the atmospheres uh that sort of thing then you might be like oh i get it makes sense that a punk would be into bird watching (laughs) capitalism sucks capitalism threatens wildlife therefore it works yeah and again uh they they also sort of mentioned like Playing loud music in tiny venues is cheap, and so is grabbing some binoculars and a bird guide and just going out into the wilderness to look at birds. So, if you think that birding is just bird watching with binoculars, then you may run into a bit the problem that I have uh, with this whole thing, which is, what exactly is the goal here? Uh, why are you doing what you're doing? Birding is not exclusive to seeing a bird and going, hey, that's a black-capped chickadee, and then looking for some sort of other species out there. Sometimes you continue to observe that bird and see how they live, what they do, how they interact with others, that sort of thing. Further, you stand for the preservation of that bird's home, and so you are developing some sort of personal philosophies as well. And so, you know, you stepped your activist foot forward, and now you have some action. You can sort of advocate for wildlife and that sort of thing as well. Let's not forget, birding itself means being in nature, doing a light hike, something like that. So that's something that you can also get out of this particular uh, culture slash subculture. And then, going back to what Marissa mentioned, we cannot forget the aesthetics either. Go get yourself some bird tattoos, like the three vultures or a belted kingfisher like Corisdale has on his legs. Does that mean, is that a kind of bird or is it a kingfisher with a studded belt on? Yeah. No, it's kind of bird. <laughs> I, I like, like my idea, idea too. better. <laughs> the article then says Philadelphia is not the only place that has bird punks. I'm sure Portland does. 
They go to Washington State. They go California. to? No, no, no. They talk to people from Cal- Washington okay. State and California. The Bird Punks tour. My favorite part is part of the article that says, we estimate that there are dozens, maybe hundreds of bird punks around oh, the world. God. Almost as many people as our f***ing horses. So, yes. So now we come back to... How I many bet there's a little you... bit of overlap somewhere. <laughs> how many people do you need in order to define this as a subculture, right? Mm. And that's kind of the, the thing that I was left with. Exactly what Marissa started with at the beginning. Can you be into punk and be into birding without being called a bird punk? Why do we make these labels exist, especially in a culture where it seems like labels aren't really a good thing? Yeah. But now you're imprinting this label upon yourself. And so I just kind of thought it was an interesting read. And it also kind of came back to those questions that Marissa and I have laughed at over the years many times. You know, like people complain about hipsters and it's like, and you can go back to the hipster episode that Marissa did. And it's kind of like, well, what exactly is a hipster and how can we complain about it? You know? And I have to say, bird punks could go one of two ways. Either there could be these like more punk rock people that enter the bird watching scene and they feel a little left out. Maybe because there's a certain prevalent type that's in the bird watching scene. I don't know. I'm just speculating. And so maybe like they made this little group so they could feel more more like they have their kind of people around them. Or I feel like it could be alienating. And like they're the cool kids in the bird watching scene. Like I, I just hope it's the former, not the latter. And it's not yeah. some sort of like we're our own kind of bird watching thing. Like the old fashioned type. Like we're cool. This ain't your daddy's bird. Exactly. Exactly. I hope um, it's like a positive welcoming thing. I don't know about you, Marissa, but the first thing I think about when I hear the word punk is punk music. Mm-hmm. Punk music is loud and it's meant to be, you know, like it's meant to get you going and like disturb you a little bit. Not like always in a bad way, but you know. Yeah. And I'm like, ain't no birds want to hear that shit. <laughs> the only. So. I would say yes. The only thing that I think is why I could kind of visualize it is because I had a, a phase of folk punk. Where it was like this, like almost like country esque, and it was like more chill. And they were like, I almost feel like it was like overlap between like punks and like hippies. Yeah. I feel like this is like subsect of punk that's like a little more chill, a little more airy fairy kind of stuff. And I feel like I can imagine that being a birding thing. I don't really see people like listening to like Minor Threat or like Thrash. Like, like I was in a thrash band, so what do I know? Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I guess I, I visualize a, a certain kind of punk going to that but hey what do i know i don't know everything i mean i guess that could be cool so yeah in summary listeners there are some people that participate in the act of birding or bird watching that also subscribe to the traditional values that are associated with punk do you think birding would be fun how about ducking ducking would be part of birding (laughs) yeah but specifically for ducks Of course, I think it would be interesting. One time I walked around a lake with Lisa, our friend Lisa, and she told me what what trees different leaves came from. And I was like, this is cool. That's kind of fun. Yeah. (laughs) And so being able to identify birds and stuff like that, I think it would be an interesting thing. I don't think it all depends on my company, really. But birds in and of itself, I couldn't. Yeah. I am not going to go to a birding, like, meetup or something. Uh Yeah. Because... Just like writing, I'm terrified of who's going to show up. <laughs> I bet the punks, after they bird, or I bet someone does like a Facebook meetup and it's like, 
birds and brews, and then they go have Pat's Blue Ribbons afterwards. But no, it's it's B R U I S E. Because we mosh while we look at birds. I like that. I like that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You came for beer? <laughs> I'm straight edge. <laughs> so, bird punk is a thing, guys, and it's something that you now have to tangle with. I have a challenge to you, listeners. Make up your own type of punk. Yeah. Tell us. Give us the hashtag. I'll start using it. If you say duty punk, I will start using it. <laughs> if you say fruity punk, I will start using it. If you say Choco Punk, I will start using it. I dare you. Send me a punk hashtag and I will use it. Uh, if you want to sort of like be a punk, but like wear a costume that's gigantic with a bunch of feathers, maybe you could be Big Bird Punk. <laughs> if you want to dabble in magic, but still be sort of religious, call me. We can be magic punks together. Yeah, yeah. I have two other people in my magic. Yeah, Marissa, Marissa's tried that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is sort of a thin topic, and that's the end of it. But, uh, yeah, so... Plugs. Do you have anything to plug, Marissa? Anything to sort of, like, cleanse people's punk palate, perhaps? I have something to Did plug. Did you hear all those peas, guys? <laughs> I have something to actually plug, but before that, I just wanted to tell people that I recently hung out with Pete for his birthday, and he was wearing a shirt that said duck. And we spent a good hour thinking of shirt ideas. And there was one that Pete didn't like, and I told someone else, and it really upset them, where I wanted a silhouette of a real duck, but like yes. like a shadow, like no colors in it. A black silhouette of a real duck facing one way, another silhouette of a real duck facing the other way, so they're face-to-face, and it just says conjugal visits. <laughs> and I like it, because what? <laughs> But people don't like that one. Of all the ones we did, I'm glad that you remember that the most. <laughs> oh, I definitely remember. There was one where it was just going to be a picture of a duck and it said, working girl. Yeah. And another mm-hmm. one where it says, I'm a Miranda, I'm a Samantha. I'm a... Yep. So all the sex in the city character. Still working on that, guys. We're going to yeah. have a... Uh... Do you want merch? Do you want duck merch? Send <laughs> us a tweet. So, yeah. Um, um... Oh, my plug is A.D. Bryant. One of the strong players in Saturday Night Live right now. Give me uh, your Hulu account. It is not mine. I jack it from someone else. I know. <laughs> if you have Spotify, you get Hulu for free. Yeah, I'm not but, paying for anything. Oh. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I'm going to run out of Spotify Premium soon, and I'm going to be so sad. Um, yeah, she has a Hulu original show called Shrill. It's a comedy. Uh, it's about somebody being comfortable in their own skin and like standing up for what they want. It's very empowering, and it's funny, and I think you should support her. She's great. Um, one more, sorry, one more plug. Go for it. If Go you nuts. Don't, if you're not one of those people that decided they, decides they hate Saturday Night Live just because, the Don Cheadle skit, not the whole episode, there was one Don Cheadle skit that just gives me life. Like, I am a dead shell of a woman, and it breathes the breath of life into my body, and I am a phoenix reborn. Humor me, everyone, and just Google SNL bar fight. And please just watch it. That's all. You, Pete? I, I don't know if I have one. I've been, I told Marissa when I saw her last, for some reason I've been watching uh, Vice Live, which is a new two-hour-long live show, Monday through Thursdays, on Viceland. Guess what, guys? I don't get Viceland. 
I don't get that channel. I'm watching it through Roku with my mom's cable That's account. That's weird. I don't know why I'm watching it. <laughs> that is really weird. But it's also, here's the thing. A lot of people hate the show. I don't hate the show. I don't know if I love the show, but I don't hate the show. And I don't hate it because it looks like everybody's having a good time. And to be honest, sometimes it's just nice to watch some people on TV who are having a good time. Yeah, I agree. I'll also say that I have been in doctor's offices during the day, twice in the past week. I can't stand Kelly Ripa. Oh. I cannot stand the voice of Kelly Ripa. And then you're like, oh, could someone else speak, please? And it's Ryan Seacrest. Yeah, that's worse. I thought it was was bad, but now it's worse. Yeah, And then that show finishes, and then Ellen comes on, and it's just a bunch of people just laughing at at air. It's just circulating air. And so this Vice live show is kind of like that style thing, but for millennials, I guess. I don't know. I don't know who any of the hosts are before the show started, and I was just like, hey, here's a new show on a channel I don't have. Let me go through hoops to watch okay. it. <laughs> so that's what I've been doing. Well, I don't know close. if it's really a plug for anybody, but that's what's up in my life, guys. And I just want to apologize again about talking about animal sex so much during this episode. <laughs> okay, guys, thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.